Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to a bonus extra episode of the VMTV Guinness Six Nations Rugby Podcast. I'm David McIntyre, joined as always by Matt Williams and Alan Quillen. Lads, thanks for joining us. Pleasure, Dave. Well, we thought we'd be done. We didn't think we had anything else to look forward to in this year's Six Nations Championship. But uh, whatever about the reasons for it, here we are. We have an extra game, albeit a rescheduled one. And it's this Friday night, France taking on Scotland with the championship at stake. And of course, it's going to be live on Virgin Media One on Friday evening. Before we get stuck into that, and we have the team news to hand as well, and a couple of interesting selections, particularly by French coach Fabien Galtier. Alan and Matt, you've had a few days to luxuriate in that performance from Ireland on Saturday afternoon. We'll ask you about it, Matt, because myself and Quinny were lucky enough and privileged enough to be in the commentary box at the game on Saturday. Unfortunately for you, you had to cry off for uh, close contact reasons and we didn't get to get your thoughts in studio, on the VMTV studio on Saturday, but I'm sure you loved every second of what you saw. I, I, am uh, very glad because I would have predicted England to win. You know, I can't dodge <laughs> that, that fact. Like most of us, we all thought we are in line for a bit of a hiding and what, what a wonderful, wonderful day to be wrong. How happy I was that I was wrong. I, I guess uh, the crazy part is of this Six Nations, not just for Ireland, but for so many teams, is they have one performance that is so far along the spectrum from some of their other performances. England against France were just absolutely sensational. England were very poor the other day. Scotland against um, England in the opening round were just brilliant. They've been poor ever since. Ireland, you know, if they had been racing, if they were running at uh, Cheltenham that week, they'd be straight up in front of the stewards for a drugs test because they just played out of their skin. They, were, they did everything that they hadn't done. They ran onto the forwards, ran onto the ball with Venom. They were at top pace. They were accepting the ball flat. They were bending the English line. They had variety in their attack. They had creative set pieces to try from a brilliant bit of footwork and thinking uh, from the training paddock onto the playing field for Keith Earl's first try. We haven't seen that since CJ Stander scored his try at Twickenham uh, against England to win the Grand Slam on St. Patrick's Day in 2018. We just haven't seen a set play try from, from Ireland of that quality. So it was brilliant to see because, you know, like everyone thinks you have fun, you know, you get off on saying how bad things are. You just don't, you know, like it's, it's actually quite a burden but you're trying to be honest and see what you say. So it's, it's just great for the nation, great for everyone to say, we saw a really strong performance, performance of courage and commitment that they've always had, but tactically and technically, it was vastly superior to anything we've seen in the last two years. And Alan, in terms of the tactical development and progress that we saw and the technical development that we saw, does that give you a little more self-assurance 
that might just separate the situation from the fact that it was England. And I think it's the sixth time that Ireland have finished the Six Nations Championship with a win over England. A couple of times it may have led to a Grand Slam, but there have been many times where it's salvaged what otherwise would have been a really average, disappointing championship. So it wasn't just that they got themselves revved up to beat England in this one-off game, that perhaps we could actually see genuine signs of progress and development from the, the players and the co- coaching staff that they can take into the next game where they may not be quite so hyped up and ready to take on the old enemy, as the old saying goes, at the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, it's easy to get up for England, Dave, isn't it? Um, emotions are high, there's pressure on. If Ireland lose that game, it's seen as a very poor Six Nations and a lot of players, uh, coaches, all, all of them under massive pressure. But I think we did see signs of... of um, we saw some signs throughout the tournament of their ambition to attack, but having ambition to attack and having the execution and running good lines and small little subtle um, anticipation, all that kind of stuff is, is, is you know, where you see the signs, but seeing the possibilities of, you know, every team, the best team in the world, when they're on song, the All Blacks, uh, the most consistent, best attacking team. There's there's times where you see their opportunities that they may not take, even with the best, but probably continuously with Ireland, we're, we're looking back over games and saying, well, it should have been put through the hands here. This is a wrong option. That's a wrong option. We've heard from the players and the coaches that they believe they're on the right track. Um, sometimes it's hard to believe that and you think it's players and coaches speak, but they backed it up at, uh, at the weekend and they, they kind of proved us all wrong. In 2017, we stopped England from a Grand Slam before the Lions as well uh, were selected to New Zealand. And it was a real dogged performance built on the back of uh, pressure points, particularly around the line-out where Ireland, Peter O'Mahony, got himself on the plane, ended up captaining the first test. Uh, but I think Saturday showed what, what most impressed me was tactically they got it right. They moved away from one-out runners just charging into brick walls of the English. They, they tried to do something with the ball nearly almost every time. Of course, there's still a need for one-out runners at times. And, and you know, I went back and looked at Jack Conan's try multiple times. And, you know, Furlong carries it twice, Burn five times, Stander three times, Healy twice. Uh, Conan himself three times, Van der Fleer twice. You know, Hensha carried it, Keenan carried it, Sexton carried it three or four times. So there's there's a multitude of different types of carries there. Some of them are just recycling the ball, but nearly every one of them, bar maybe three or four out of 25, were, were behind the game line. The reason being is they ran hard. They stepped the English players. They won the 50-50 collision. And it just makes a massive difference. So their, their breakdown actually is one of the areas that's been very impressive throughout this tournament. You know, they're in the mid, mid-90s on, on keeping holding the ball and success at the breakdown. But the big one is the line-out, really. You know, you can, Matt will tell you this, <laughs> there's no point in having this wonderful plan of attack if you can't win a line-out. And, you know, their line-out has been very impressive. Um, 54 in total, they've only lost six. And that's a very high percentage of success rate. And it's the quality of the type of ball they're able to win and generate. So, you know, you can get, you can launch first phase, second phase attack off that. And then it's all about shape when you get into multi-phase. So 
there's lots of times we picked out the multi-phase stuff that I thought Ireland weren't, um, the realignment wasn't quick enough or good enough. Um, the guys who were running those front lines didn't look like they were ever getting the ball. We saw a lot of that against France. Um, so they have, have improved. Look, we're never going to have this X-factor player where you give it to, uh, you know, um, a Rico Ioani and he can just do something out of nothing and go the length of the field. Um, we have a lot of talented players and we've a lot of, plenty of pace in our wings. Earls has shown that. Um, Stockdale back in there looked to have a little bit of zip back in his step. Um, you know, we've... We, we have plenty of attacking options, I think, and we, but there were certain areas we need to be a lot better at. So I think they've set a kind of a template for themselves. You know, Six Nations rugby is kind of cup rugby at times, and um, it's not all about throwing the ball around. But when you look at France and Wales on Saturday night and just the, the, the pace onto the ball, the depth in passing, the timing of passing, we can still get a lot better at that stuff. And I think if we can add to that, we have a, a very mobile, abrasive set of forwards who I thought have been outstanding in fairness throughout the tournament. Um, we've unearthed some really good, talented guys. Ryan Baird, Tygburn is like a new player. He's now well uh, announced himself on the international scene. Everyone's talking about him starting for the Lions now. Craig Casey has come in. Hugo Keenan's found his feet. Um rejuvenated some of the older players as well so it's it's more than a glass half full for this team now finishing the tournament so the most impressive thing as I said for me was they they talked the talk but they walked the walk on Saturday and they made a what we thought was a still a very good English side they made them look very very average at the weekend yeah it was a lovely way for Ireland to sign off and hopefully it points towards a much brighter future Let's get into this weekend's game, this Friday night's game again, live on Virgin Media 1. The team news arrived in a couple of hours ago and there are plenty of changes. Five in total for France. They've made three changes to their pack. Anthony Jelange is back in in the back row instead of Dylan Creta. Paul Villanta is suspended, so Bernard LaRue's return from injury is a timely one. And Roman Tafanui has been dropped. He played very well against Wales. He makes way for Swan Rabage, who starts a test match for the first time. Roman Entomac is back in the 10 jersey because there's no Matthew Jalabert. He went on for the head injury against the Welsh. And a surprising enough move, Teddy Tama dropped. They brought Arthur Vasson back into the midfield alongside Viremi Bakatawa and Gail Fiku, who has been absolutely brilliant for them, and particularly in leading their defence from midfield. He's been shifted out to the wing. I think it's the ninth time that he started a test on the wing. Four changes for Scotland, one up front. George Turner is back at hooker in place of Dave Cherry. Sam Skinner stays in the second row. Ali Price and Finn Russell are back at halfback, and Chris Harris is recalled to the centre. Uh, Hugh Jones drops to the bench. Stuart Hogg, having played at fly half against the Italians, he's back at fullback where we would normally expect to see him. Matt, so many echoes of what happened in Paris in October when the French took on Ireland. They needed to win by 31 points with a bonus point that day. They played brilliant rugby, but they only won by eight. England won the championship. The task isn't quite as daunting this time around. It's only a 21-point win that they need. What does that do to the mindset of a team when going out to win the game isn't going to be enough, that you have to do it in style? It's a great question, Dave, and that's that's where I think the coach really steps up to the plate and earns his money that day because you've got to focus on on the cliche that, that just never changes, that the process gives you outcome. 
if you keep thinking about the outcome, you're never going to get there. They just got to get their process right. One thing about this French side in the whole tournament is they've scored early. They've really made uh, an art form out of going out in the first 10, 15 minutes and racking up a try. And uh, usually it's been one of those tries where we've all been yelling and pumping the air because they've been so entertaining. They've, and, and we've got to give it to the French. They've been the, the quality side in this tournament. They've been the most consistent team right through up till now. They got booted by England, but in what was a cracker of a game, last Saturday night's game was was one for the ages. It was just a great game of rugby. Like I, I actually sent a text out. Just a couple of French people text me saying, oh, we've lost, we've lost. And I said, it's not over with about a minute to go. And I didn't believe what I was saying. I just, you know, I just sent it out. And you couldn't believe that last minute. It was, it was brilliant. They should have lost it. But that's what good teams do. And I think this French side have, are maturing really well. They, Ronan Agar at halftime said, we'll learn a lot about this French team in the next 40 minutes. And uh, I've, I've learned a lot sitting near Rods the last few years. When he says things like that, I do listen, believe it or not. And I was watching and, and mate, I've got to say, Rods Rog didn't predict they'd win. I did, because I've got to have one on him, but not, I don't get many on Agaras. So I've got to take them when I get them. But he was right. And I learned that, that French side has matured. They believed in themselves right to the very last second. So Scotland are going to have to play for 82, 83 minutes. Because if they shut up shop at 70, this side can run in two or three tries. But if they just go out there and say, let's just play 80 lots of one minute, forget the scoreboard, get the process right. Because your defence on a night like this is just as important. Because if you score a try and let one in, it's zero. You've got to score the tries and stop the others. So it's, it's very much a mental game. But I, I actually got a feeling, as my grandmother would say in my waters, I just feel this French team can can do something special this week because they've got everything to play for. And, you know, they've got a nation behind them because France is in a terrible state with COVID and it's really attracting a lot of just, as you can understand, people wanting to feel good about something. And I think they're playing for something a little bit more than themselves. So I, I expect, despite some of those shock selections that Dave, I'm with you, Fick, who's been the best, centre, best inside centre in the tournament, along with Robbie Henshaw. And to put him on the wing, I was really shocked. Uh, I was also shocked at the change in the second row, as you pointed out. So, but the one thing I'll also say about Fabian Galtier, he has got his selections absolutely spot on so far in this tournament. So it's going to be a tough call. But, uh, yeah, I actually, I actually think Scott, uh, France will do it, which will make it another belting game of rugby. Alan, how much will they learn from that last five-minute spell when Olivon scored in the 77th minute and Doolan scored in the 82nd minute? It teaches you to be patient, that if they're only leading by four or five going into the last quarter, France have shown that they could hit you again and again in quick succession, that there is no need for them to be chasing this game from the very start. Yeah, as Matt said, um, I think historically, if you're... You know, fans can throw the ball around, do something special at any times. That's what we've always loved watching in the Six Nations. Um, there's a real sense of optimism in France about this team, the group of players, the coaching ticket, the fitness level of the players. And I think that's one key area, the fitness. They look like they can play now and they can keep going for 80 and they have character and belief in themselves. Um, you can look at it another way and show that they're still vulnerable when you keep the ball against them. I thought Wales were, were, were fantastic for long periods of that game. 
their reaction uh, to that power and that strength and tactically they got it right and they asked a lot of questions of France so there's still some question marks about that resilience and that desire and that passion the vast majority of the players have it I love the spirit of Olivon. he's a real good captain for him he's abrasive he's strong he's so committed Aldrich the same they have a lot of big names and then that talent in that backline that they have. So I think, um, you know, for, for them to, given the circumstances, but I think it was around, look, it, it looked like Wales were going to do it even before the chaos of the last 10 minutes. I just thought Wales played superb. Um, and, you know, given where they were at the start of the tournament, it was such a transition from where Wales were. Their attack was beautiful, their, their, their flow, their quality. I thought Falato was sensational as number eight. I think he's he's just grown throughout the tournament. Navidi, Tipperick, um, Alan Wynne-Jones, just big players for, for, you know, to step up in big games. And, and they did that well, so well. But it'll stand to France so much given, as Matt was saying there, that, you know, when Olivon is held up in the last few minutes, a couple of times they're over the line, the yellow cards, the red cards, um, it looked like it was gone. And when you when you assess it and look back at it, it was Wales sealing off their feet, which literally gave France one last chance. It was gone. Uh, we have memories of that in, in the Aviva in 2013 against the All Blacks, where... Jack McGrath was penalised for going off his feet and the All Blacks score in the corner and beat Ireland. So it's devastating when that happens to a team. Um, but you've got to give credit to the team who had the composure, the control to hold on to the ball. And very similar to the All Blacks that day, they built multiple phases, got their timing right, kept the ball when they needed to, released it when they needed to. And I just thought the end product there where Fiku straightens and gives the pass to Vincent um, it was just sublime. And I think, obviously, the Welsh people weren't standing and applauding, but anybody watching that, you'd have to stand up and just say, wow, that is incredible, given everything that went against them in those last seven or eight minutes. Uh, but, you know, you have to feel sorry for Wales because um, the purists will love the fact that France played this beautiful brand. And, and I grew up watching France. I, I used to love watching them. The freedom, the space, Blanco, Sella, all these guys just running back with the ball. We haven't seen that lovely flow from France in a long time. The last seven or eight years, all I've been doing is talking about France being unfit, no shape, kicking the ball, uh, no desire. Moments of brilliance here and there, individual brilliance. But look at them now. They're organised, they're fit. Um, they look like they have a real desire and a passion um, and a connectivity together and uh, that was brilliant to see so there's so much they can take out of that at the end of the result the other night at togetherness and I really fear for Scotland in this game because I think if they change gears and they get it right early on uh, Scotland haven't won there in 22 years it's a real character test of Scotland going there because you know Scotland win this game with a bonus point they could jump into second place and, and it could be their glass could be nearly three quarters full with their finish. But um, I think France are too good. Um, so much talent right across that team. And uh, they learn a lot from Saturday night. And the feel-good factor in the dressing room and the character and to be able to look around at your fellow players and say, we dragged, you know, we dragged that result out of the fire in the end and got there. It'll, it'll, 
it just every time I see France, I see, I see stuff that tells me they can be real contenders at 2023 if they stay together, if the coaching ticket stays together. They'll have their ups and downs along the way, but they're the kind of side you could throw it against anyone, and and um, they're capable. They're capable of winning. They're capable of scoring brilliant tries. So it'll be a real challenge for Scotland Friday night. Should be a cracker because Scotland moved the ball around themselves and. Let's hope we get a free-flowing game where there's loads of attack. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, they haven't finished in the top two, Matt, at this championship, Scotland, that is, since they last won it, which was 22 years ago. And it's an enormous carrot. I'm sure the Scottish Rugby Union are looking at this game, thinking how much it would be worth to them in terms of the prize money involved in a top two finish. I mean, if they just overturn a five point points difference over Ireland, they will go into the top two, even if they only score the four tries. And they don't have an awful lot to lose, perhaps as a group of players, I'd put it to you, that they could be dangerous from a French point of view in this game because Scotland can just go out and have a real cut off this game and they have everything to gain rather than not really an awful lot to lose, where the entire championship is on the line for the French. That's a very valid point, though. I think um, the trouble with making any predictions about the Scots is they just burn us so many times. Like after they played just a fantastically courageous game of rugby against England at Twickenham in round one, I've got to say, I. <laughs> I've been fooled by them more than once over the years and then I fell for it again. I said, oh, you know, look, wow, maybe this is the time. Maybe this is, and this is the best Scottish side I've seen um, since that 99 side. But again, they let us down. They just, and when we say they let us down, they lost an unlosable game to Wales. They came out against Ireland and lost six lineouts in a row. Now let's give Paul O'Connell and the Irish defensive line out the credit that they are due, it's the best defensive line out in the world. But you can't go out in any game at a high level and lose six lineouts and think you're going to have any on your own throw and think you've got any hope of winning. So this Scottish side, you know, while they've got a lot of they've got a lot of guns and bullets to fire, quite often that 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 bullet's fired straight into their own big toe. So it will depend so much on their mindset. Uh, because the Scottish mindset of this group and the groups for for almost 20 years, going back to my time there, which is 15, 16 years ago now, when they are written off, they put in a performance. 
when they feel they've got a sniff, they relax. Or the relax isn't the right word, but they're not on the edge. They can't mentally find that zone of performance, of flow, where you're highly, you're highly aroused, but you're still in control. They're either too far or below. And I, I'm just not sure going to Paris, I've got, let me put it another way, I've got no evidence to support an argument that this group going to Paris can do it. Now they can because they went to Twickenham. No one go, I didn't give my hope going to Twickenham, and they did. But it, it, they're just so unreliable, Dave. It's, it's, it, 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 they break your heart. The Scottish people have their heart broken by them year after year. Where just when you think they're turning a corner, they find another, find another way to, to break everyone's heart and to lose badly. You know, and I mean, you get beaten like that. Wales didn't lose badly against uh, France. England didn't lose. Uh, sorry, France didn't lose badly against England. They were beaten, but geez, they played well and were cracking games. Scotland against Wales lost badly. Scotland against Ireland lost badly. You know, they were bad losses for them. So what Scottish team turns up, despite the motivations, we can't guarantee. If I had to make a prediction, is that Scotland will be highly unpredictable. But I, I'm with Quinny. I, I, I just think that there's, there's something to it, I think, about it. And Quinny's played in teams like this, and I've, I've had the fortune of three or four times in my life been involved with a team where all of a sudden you just believe, you know, wow, this could be us. This, this, this could be us. This might be now. And when that infects the side, you sort of look at each other one day and you just go, you know, this, this is the year. Don't blow it. Don't let that opportunity go. This is our time. Especially when you win the unlosable, uh, win the unwinnable, what they did last week. I, I just think this French team's got that spark. And that spark might be bigger than the spark for the Scots to come second. Uh, I, I'm pretty certain it will be. Alan, there are a number of fascinating matchups in this t- in this game, but the one that stands out to me is that at fly half, Rowan Antomac is back. And you have to feel for Matthew Jalabert, who's been superb in this championship and would have started on Friday were it not for that head injury that he sustained against the Welsh. And he's probably thinking, is that my chance gone? Entomac comes in and plays well and wins the championship for us. He gets that number one fly half position back off me. And he's up against Finn Russell. So two guys who play in the top 14, know each other well, are very similar in some ways, their unpredictability and their desire to throw the ball around and try things that maybe a more conservative 10 wouldn't. What do you make of these two guys facing off against each other on Friday evening? Well, they're 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 unbelievably attack minded, aren't they? That's that's what they want to do. They want to run with the ball and and really express themselves. And and that's that's why you think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see open rugby. We're going to see teams taking chances. I think Scotland have to go for this. It, you know, if they're conservative and sitting back. If they lose playing great, they can still take a fair bit out of it and say, look, we've. We had a lot of promise here. We have regrets against Ireland and Wales, for sure. Great win against England. And we gave everything in France, Paris. We ran them close, or we did this. We scored a number of tries. Um, If they lose the game, Scotland are still capable. The concern I have is there's no Scott Cummings, no Johnny Gray, two of their second rows that started a tournament that were brilliant in Twickenham. They're both gone. Um, Sam Skinner's in there and Grant Gilchrist. Two good players, but I just don't know if they're at that 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 top level that they need to be. But going back to the question, it, it just depends. If Finn Russell gets 
you know, ball on the front foot. He can win the game, he can lose the game for you. I love his attitude. I'd probably kill him if I was playing with him, if he did some of the flicks and the crossfield kicks that sometimes give away a try. And I'd be patting him on the back and giving him high fives with some of the brilliance he does. You, you've got to accept that as a coach, as a player. And it's really interesting. I've spoken to Mike Prendergast about him a few times. He, he just backs him. He doesn't try to limit him because if you suppress his natural talent, he says, you know, you're not really sure if you're getting what you're going to get. You're not going to get this brilliance. It's worth taking the chance with the brilliance sometimes. Um, does he need to get better at the pragmatic side of playing as a fly half? Probably. He probably has to learn to do that himself when you need to kick the letter off the ball or kick your penalties or, or nab a drop goal in a tight game. Um, but like, if he gets good ball, he's going to have a cut. And I just feel they have to have a cut in this game. There's no point in losing this like 19-16, dogging it out, kicking the letter off the ball. Um, I, I, I think there's going to be a fair few tries in this. Intimac is the same. Free-flowing runner, just loves to move the ball around. Now, if you're a back row forward like I was, you're just itching to get at these guys because you know you can unsettle them. Um, so both defensive coaches will be saying, get at Intimac, get at Russell. Unsettle them, get in their face, force them to give that big loopy pass, force force them to try something that they shouldn't in that moment. Um, but, you know, we, we talk a lot about the negative side of rugby and the way teams shut each other down. These are natural free-flowing guys that we have to encourage. I'm not sure I would be encouraging them if I was playing with them <laughs> at times. <laughs> Because I love getting up off the back of Rooks and O'Gara just thumping the ball down the field and a dribbling into the the twenty-two, dribbling over the line in the opposition twenty-two. Uh, John Hayes and myself used to laugh a lot about it, and we 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 kind of give him a stare if he didn't give us one of these brilliant kicks and put us down the field. Um, but look, they're brilliant, and I love the, that side of them as well. Jalibert is very unlucky. Um, Prendy actually said to me numerous times in the last year or two that this guy is, is brilliant. He's playing brilliantly in France. He's an incredible runner with the ball. And, and you know, we saw moments in Paris or in Twickenham and, and, and against Ireland that this guy is just a brilliant player as well. So they're blessed, aren't they, to have those two guys, France. Um, but Finn Russell, Adam Hastings is back. He's kind of another one. There's no there's, out of the four fly halves involved. There's there's or that Jalibert is not uh, starting. Um, they're all free flowing rugby players who take chances, and that's that has to be encouraged, especially this weekend. Well, we'll give one final brief word from you, Matt, before we go. Did they were involved in two brilliant games against England and Wales? The French they won one, they didn't win the other. Will we have another brilliant game on Friday, and will they win it and get the job done with that twenty one point victory? Yeah, yes to both, Dave. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a fabulous game of rugby. I'm, I'm, because I was locked in confinement last week, listening to you blokes on my couch because some Muppet got uh, got COVID near me and I was safe, but I couldn't go to work. I'm, I'm itching to get in. and So I hope it is a great game for selfish reasons, but I do think it will be. I, I just, for all the things we said, I think the French nation is primed for it. Um, they're getting huge publicity at home. It's a good story in a bad time. I think it's a team that has, whose time is coming. And I agree exactly with what Quinny said about 2023. I mean, that's their target. But they know they've got to win a few things on their way. Now, the worry for the rest of the world, if they can win on, on Friday by 21 points, 
and you're, you're assuming they'll get the bonus points if they get the 21. But that'll this team will grow exponentially over the next few months. They're off to Australia for a couple of tests in the summer. They'll do them great. In the, in, and I, I expect them to beat Australia down there at least once. Um, Australia's on the improve, but uh, uh, this French team, I think, is considerably in, uh, in front of Australia. And they've got their eyes on a whole lot of prizes. But if mm. they can pick up a trophy on Friday night, and I think they will, I think it'll be a belter of a game, uh, th- they are a team that's moving. I, I would also agree with Quinny. I just can't s- I see Scotland having enough to win. I can see them being a very good opposition for a game like this. It'll make it a really exciting and entertaining game. But I okay. can't see them having enough in the bank to beat a French side at home with everything to play for. Okay, brilliant stuff. Thanks to Matt Williams and to Alan Quillen. I may have said earlier that we're on Virgin Media 1 Friday night. It's Virgin Media 2. Join us from half seven for the eight o'clock kickoff. France taking on Scotland as they look to win their first championship since 2010. That's this week's VMTV Six Nations Rugby Podcast. Enjoy Friday night's game. We'll chat to you again soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.